papyrus. Uh, and uh, what's special about it is, uh, first of all, it's, it's rarity. Um, at the Dead Sea Scrolls unit, we hold a collection of about 25,000 fragments of Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, making up some 1,000 manuscripts. However, the um, lion's share of the collection dates to later periods. Uh, for example, we have a large collection of Second Temple period uh, scroll fragments, so dating back about 2,000 years. Uh, there are later ones uh, going into the Roman, Byzantine, and even early Islamic period. But when we go back to the First Temple period, this is one of a total of three such documents that we have. Uh, um, and so it's a very, very, very rare uh, find. How would you? How are you able to date it? Well, it's dated based on two uh, independent forms of scholarship. One is what we call paleographic dating. Paleographic dating uh, dates uh, written finds according to the forms of the letters. Now, the document is written in Paleo-Hebrew, and Paleo-Hebrew is um, the the uh, script used for writing documents uh, in Judah um, in the First Temple period. Mm -hmm. um, and according to the forms of the letters, you can fine-tune within that period when documents are dated to. And Professor Shmuel Achituv of the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev, uh, who is a, uh, an expert at this, uh, dates the document to uh, the 7th or possibly the 6th centuries BCE. So that's one avenue of dating, okay. uh, which is a very solid avenue. The second avenue is we actually sampled the papyrus uh, and sent it to be analyzed using C14 dating at the Weizmann Institute of Technology, uh, where it was dated to the same period. And so we have an overlap of two separate independent uh, datings that, um, that uh, corroborate each other. Um, so as far as the date, we're definitely on solid ground. Um, the script used, as I mentioned before, is Paleo-Hebrew. So it's different than the Hebrew script that's known today, which was adopted a bit later on, and it's very, very common in the Second Temple period. But in the First Temple period, the letters are a little bit different, but we're still able to read it. Uh, the, um, the, the document contains four lines of script. Okay. The how, how big is it? How big is it? It's about five centimeters by four centimeters. Okay. So we're talking about something very small. Um, but within those, within that small area, there's four lines of text. Um, and the document is a document that is uh, going between two um, uh, officials uh, within the administrative the administration of uh, the late First Temple period. Mm. Um the person sending it, we don't know his name, but it seems to arrive at the hands of someone by the name of Yishmael, because the first line of the script says, Le Yishmael. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's to Yishmael, and then it continues to either uh, um, ask for or perhaps demand uh, something, because the next word is Tishlach, uh, and so he's being asked to send something. Okay. Um, and so we're getting a, a, a window into some kind of exchange of commodities uh, in the first temple period. Now, this wasn't found at a dig. Can you tell us the story of how it was discovered? Um, so um, the 
the area of the Judean Desert um, in the uh, 1950s, primarily and also at other times, uh, but primarily in the 50s, um, was under intense, uh, I'd say, search for scroll fragments after the discovery of the scrolls in Qumran Cave 1. Um, and uh, we had certain archaeologists who were conducting excavations and finding scroll fragments, but quite often it was looters, antiquities mm-hmm. looters, who were arriving at the caves, and they were bringing all the fragments and selling them to uh, the Rockefeller Museum, which was the archaeological museum of the region at the time. And um, in the uh, mid-1960s, a uh, tourist from the U.S. who was interested in archaeology, uh, she participated in some excavations, uh, she um, comes to be given this particular document, this particular fragment of papyrus, um, and she then takes it back home with her. To wait, a se- wait a second, this was before the 1967 war, or when yes. Israel was in control? Yes. yes. So exactly. this was in, she came to Jordan at the time? Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, she um, brings it back to the U.S., where she frames it along with a photo of the two gentlemen uh, really? who were involved in uh, in passing it on to her. Um, one of the gentlemen was the curator of the Rockefeller Museum at the time, Yusuf Saad, and the other is a very well-known, or was a very well-known uh, antiquities dealer who dealt quite a bit with the scrolls. Um, and so she framed this fragment, uh, gluing it to a backboard, oh, and goodness. <laughs> putting it in a frame and hanging it in her house. And this is the way it stays. Uh, the woman later passes away at some point. Uh, she passes it on to her son, uh, and the son uh, keeps it in his house um, until it comes to the knowledge of the uh, Israel Antiquities Authority's anti-robbery unit. Mm. Um, and together with Professor Shmuel Achituv of the Hebrew University, um, reach out to this person in the U.S., and um, they invite him to see the Dead Sea Scrolls unit and the Dead Sea Scrolls Conservation Lab here in Jerusalem. And uh, the man is then convinced that this is the proper place in order to conserve and keep the document uh, in good, safe How, how did you convince him? What, what did you show and tell him? Well, we showed him our facilities um, and explained to him that um, when we're talking about fragments of papyrus, which are very rare, but any organic material, uh, you need very, very strict conditions in order to be able to keep it. Uh, Eventually, it will rot uh, due to humidity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eventually, the writing will fade due to exposure to light. And these are things that we are very strictly control uh, in our compounds. So we uh, make sure that these scrolls are not exposed to unnecessary light, and if they're exposed to lighting, it's a very specific light. And the humidity and the temperature is kept at very strict values and does not change or fluctuate. And we monitor the fragments using an advanced multispectral imaging unit, which was built using technology developed by NASA, uh, in which the scrolls are 
photographed in different wavelengths and different exposures. Mm -hmm. And then uh, these photographs uh, are then uh, used as a baseline and can be later compared to later photographs using the same exact parameters. And if we see any change, then we can intervene and help the scroll uh, and basically prevent its damage. Fascinating. Uh, Let me ask you another question, though, Dr. Uziel. How many other scrolls like this do you think there are out there in the world? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. I think that they are quite rare um, because uh, our anti-robbery unit uh, has been working very hard uh, over the years to... um, to, uh, I'd say, to obtain Mm -hmm. uh, such things. And in fact, about five years ago, a similar document, also dating to the First Temple period, was also obtained using a sting operation by our anti-theft unit, uh, where they uh, retrieved a papyrus um, dating about 2,600, 2,700 years ago, so to the late First Temple period, uh, which was some kind of receipt of sending something, uh, of sending wine from a site known as Marata. We're not exactly sure where that is, and uh, being sent to Jerusalem. And in fact, that was that was the that is the earliest mention of Jerusalem in ancient Hebrew script that we have. 